the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is Morgan Zeggers. Today we have a lot of topics to discuss. A lot's happened over the weekend. Happy Monday. With that being said, we've got a lot to talk about. Let's get right into it. Okay, to start out, let's look at our new governor, Kathy Hochul of New York, who replaced Governor Andrew Cuomo who drove out over a million people over the span of 10 years leading up to COVID. That's right. Before COVID, New York State lost net 1 million people who fled to states that more properly represented their values that really just wanted basic decency and respect of their freedoms by their political leaders. You know what I mean? They left for other states because Governor Andrew Cuomo's leadership was not only very disappointing in terms of the actual policy outcomes, meaning that New York ended up becoming one of the highest ranked states in all of the worst categories. So one of the worst states to start and raise a family, one of the worst states to start a business, one of the worst states to maintain a generational family business, one of the worst states to be a child educated in the public school system, one of the hardest states to get school choice and remove your child from the public indoctrination camp that is public school, one of the worst states to buy a home and be able to afford that kind of lifestyle. Instead, you're just a perpetual renter. And oh yeah, one of the most expensive states to rent in. All of these things are because of the policies put in place by people on the left, like Governor Andrew Cuomo and his ilk, Because New York State, even though there are so many God-loving, freedom-loving, patriotic, more conservative or more just in the middle Americans that live in that state, we are controlled by a very dense but small area of land, densely populated small area of land down in New York City and a few of the small cities throughout the rest of the state. We are controlled by the blue areas that just completely dominate how the rest of the state lives. And it's very unfortunate. But that being said, all of these basic issues that we faced as a state were frustrating enough, right? It's one of the most expensive states. It also had the highest state and local tax burden in the country. Um, I grew up under that. Now, it's one thing to grow up under that and to see leadership that is like, you know what, we're facing hard times. We're going to get ourselves out of this. We understand that we rank the highest in all the worst categories and we're going to fix this. Oh, no, no. Instead, you had politicians that were so woke and so destined to pursue power and not actually help citizens that they messaged to us as if we were in this great successful era. So people got sick of it and they started to leave. And that's why New York is losing representatives in the House of Representatives in Congress. We are losing so many people in terms of the population loss that we are losing our voice in Congress. Not only that, we're losing a a ton of tax dollars that are fleeing because people are paying the highest state and local tax burden in the country in that state. California is probably beating us at this point. But all of these things are frustrating enough, right? 
But adding on to it was this massive layer of corruption that we experienced over more than 10 years, more than just with Governor Andrew Cuomo. But what we saw in the trenches that came before him, I mean, it's just disgusting when you hear about this. Specifically, it was pay to play. And so people would pay, as in they would donate to, for example, Cuomo's campaign or somebody of theirs, and then that person would be put into power. And then that person would get kickbacks in terms of taxpayer dollars invested into their area where they wanted to have business development. So pay to play was a big thing that we've seen in New York. And this was all before COVID. So not only is New York a very hard place to live in, in terms of the general categories, right? But then you have politicians that are corrupt and then hammering it down your throat that, no, 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 this is a great place to be. And if you don't like it here, then you must just not understand how how great it really is. You know, you must just be an evil conservative. Well, then you add in what happened with COVID-19, where New York was one of the most tyrannical states in terms of treating its people with dignity and respect and respecting their freedoms that aren't given to us by politicians, but are given to us by God and then are supposed to be protected by our constitution. Now, thanks to federalism, this is supposed to be a situation where the different levels of power and government, so our federal government, our state level government, and then local, those are supposed to be layers of protection of our freedoms because if it was all centralized, then our freedoms would be easily taken away. Under COVID, we saw just how dangerous centralized power can really be. And not just in the sense that the blue states did the dirty work of the federal executive bureaucratic agencies and the people at the top that were unelected like Dr. Fauci, but we also had centralized power in the sense that a lot of the blue states declared emergencies and then gave their governors emergency power to basically act unconstitutionally for an extended period of time because of the declared emergency that was COVID-19. So I was in New York and I I left New York in around August 2020 because I just couldn't take it anymore. And I'm not the only one that's done that. And, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first I want to show you guys, because during COVID, things really reached the pinnacle of how bad they could get in New York, right? So we're struggling in every basic economic and financial category in terms of success of its people and the ability for its people to thrive. You have massive corruption. You have some of the most tyrannical restrictions and regulations put onto the people during COVID. And then you had the politician at the top, Governor Andrew Cuomo, pushing forward numbers that were wrong, hiding them and having his staff hide them, working with his brother to further push this propaganda and rewriting of information and history to control the narrative. And then you had the rise of these sexual harassment claims in the workplace that came out from Cuomo staffers and whoever they were. Now, he resigned because of the sexual accusations, which is insane because it should have been more likely that he resigned if he had any dignity. If he had any respect for his position, he should have stepped down over the fact that he ordered retirement homes, nursing homes to take COVID positive patients. Instead, he gets accused of sexual harassment in the workplace, and that's what ends his career. None of the lying, none of the ridiculous anti-science orders that killed how many elderly people in New York, none of the tyranny that took place in terms of shutting down our businesses and our livelihoods. 
None of that was enough to get him out of power. All that had to happen was some hashtag Me Too movement accusations. Now, I personally believe that they realized this was becoming a very bad situation and they thought the cleanest departure that he could get to potentially avoid getting held accountable for the serious, serious stuff, like, I don't know, killing a a ton of elderly New Yorkers by putting COVID-positive patients and forcing the nursing homes to accept them and put them in the same space as our most most at-risk population during the COVID pandemic. I think that he used the Me Too movement stepping down as a way to potentially get out of being held for more accountable for more serious things. But that's just my my take on it. So when Andrew Cuomo left, Kathy Hochul took his place. And just kind of like how everybody's like, oh, we got to get rid of Biden. Like he's got to step down or whatever. It's like, okay, well, then we'd have Kamala Harris. And then it's like, okay, well, then we had to have Nancy Pelosi as our vice president. So it, it really just gets worse. And it's more indicative of the entire side of the aisle that we're talking about right now, the left. Because just like Governor Cuomo, Kathy Hochul is corrupt. There's already been stories of corruption. She's just as insensitive to the cares of her voters, and she's just even more so as woke. So she's more woke, I would say, but she's just as corrupt, just as dismissive of average voters across her state that, you know, she's never going to get their votes, so who cares anyways, right? This is what she just said, because you guys, guess what? We're entering campaign season, okay? We're past the primaries now, and we're about to see the usual general election era, which is going to take place from now through November. The debates, the arguments, the attacks, and of course, in October, what always happens is anybody that's got the dirt on their opponents, it'll start to come out, and things get ugly. It's really a shame how ugly politics can get. If only we could keep things strictly to the policies the proposals and the actual outcomes of people's leadership and what they have chosen to implement in a society. And we had those things determine who we voted for and what people discussed during campaign season. Unfortunately, people just love to sling mud and it's very unfortunate. Uh, Here is Kathy Hochul talking about her own constituents, the people of New York When I first listened to this, I just said, wow, I can't believe that that's what leadership is today in 2022. Fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. What? And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong. Okay, get out of town. Get out of town because you don't you don't represent our values. You are not New Yorkers. You're not New Yorkers. I swear we're not New Yorkers if we disagree with her politically. So for those of you guys who don't know, Zeldin, Molinaro, those are the leading Republicans really in New York State. Uh, Zeldin is now running for governor as well. But Mark Molinaro uh, has been in it for a while. He was even running back in uh, four years ago. And so I remember being at his campaign events when I was still living in New York. They're both very respectable men, basic conservative men, family men. And it's really disgusting that their political opponent and the governor of New York state can't just keep some proper decorum and respect her political opponents because it's not like these guys are communists 
or Nazis or anything like really like this this should be a basic Democrat versus Republican campaign, right? It doesn't have to become so hostile in my eyes. If anything, the only extremists that are really on the ballot these days are the ones saying that we should give trans surgeries to children, abort babies in the third trimester, indoctrinate children with racist propaganda and curriculum, and continue to attack the other side as if they should not be welcome in polite society. And that's the left that's doing that. It's not Lee Zeldin and Mark Molinaro. Really? So I think what's this is very indicative, too, of a skill that the left likes to put onto us from a book called Rules for Radicals. It's accuse your opponent of what you're actually doing yourself. <laughs> so whenever they like call us racist or whatever, like they, they claim they're going to fight racism on college campuses by prohibiting white people from entering certain spaces. So you're segregating the population by telling a certain race they are not welcome in a space. And this is all to fight racism because white people are the racist ones. Do you see how it's like, okay, you're accusing us of what you're doing and you're projecting the issue onto us and we didn't even do this. So when we see here that Kathy Hochul is acting like it's actually Lee Zeldin and Mark Malanaro who are undeserving of being here. They're not New Yorkers. They aren't like us. They shouldn't even live here in this state, even though they're, they're running for political office in the state. I think that's really disgusting. I think it's really disgusting. And then they're also the side of unity, right? But they're, they're free to talk about us like this. So I just find it hilarious that the side of unity, the side of, of happy rainbows and such is the one telling us to literally leave the state instead of participating in a general American basic election. But on top of that, it brings you to the, the question. I get a lot of people that say, well, Morgan, you know, you left for Texas from New York. You should have stayed in your state and fought it out. And I am very much in favor of, hey, if there's a fight to be had, then absolutely do not just give up and flee to a safer area in terms of, oh, well, I want to go to Texas because I want to be a Republican where we win all the elections and that would be super fun. No, I don't think even you should leave blue states if it's hard to win an election as a red uh, candidate. And I especially don't think you should flee purple states just because it's a little tough and you want to live in a deep red state like Florida. I don't know many people that do that. But I would say what we're seeing right now is a new level of migration between the states. This isn't just people getting a little annoyed, right, of like, oh, well, I don't really like Democratic states. So I'm just, I, you know, I'd rather live in a place like Texas because it's a little more free, right? And they, they go two-stepping down there and they have good barbecue. And so I'm leaving. Because you guys, when you pick up everything in your life and you leave your family, anybody that lives in the home state, and you leave the state that your family, like for me, my family came over from Europe over 100 years ago, and they started a small business, a bakery in Ithaca, and they all worked at this bakery, and they had a construction company, and the women would be employed in the bakery, the men would be employed in the construction business, and they'd continue to have their family members come over, and when the new family would come over, they'd build up a house. They'd be able to employ the new family members in the business that they started. It's like, you think I want to look at the history of that beautiful state and of what my family went through and say, eh, screw it. I'm going to Texas because it sounds more fun and because I want to go two-stepping on Friday nights. No, that's, that's not why I made that very drastic decision to uproot everything in my life and pack up everything and leave my ties there. 
That's not why, and I don't think that's why a lot of people move either. Instead, the decision has become a lot more drastic, and that's because, for the first time in American history, we're experiencing an era of force versus choice. We're now experiencing American politicians in states, not just one or two, but literal state legislatures, the governor, the state senates, all as one, not only saying we support this, but literally just saying we're going to toe the line for whatever the president of the United States tells us. We're going to remove federalism in the eyes of our state, and we're just going to follow whatever the central commander says down in D.C. They are completely ignoring our basic constitutional rights, the rights given to us by God and then protected by the Constitution. Most of them probably couldn't even tell you that our rights are given to us by God and then protected by the Constitution. They couldn't tell you the Ten Amendments that are written in the Bill of Rights. They probably couldn't even explain what Article 1, Verses 2, Verses 3 is in the Constitution. We have completely abandoned what our founders intended for us. And I truly believe we are not at a situation of, well, you should stay in New York State and fight it out. No, no, no. See, California and New York, in my eyes, and I totally get it if you guys disagree, they crossed a line. They want to do things like force vaccination onto children. I was watching today, this morning, I was watching how the mayor of D.C., they want to force vaccinations onto children in the schools. And they said, you can't show up to public school. You can't show up to school unless you're vaccinated. And then they were so smug thinking that because they provided no options beyond getting vaccinated to show up for school that, oh, well, then the kids will get vaccinated. So now they're struggling with the fact that like less than half of the kids or something of like, I think it was like 43% of the kids or some crazy high number like that actually hasn't gotten vaccinated yet. And they were supposed to get vaccinated if they wanted to show up for school. So then the deadline came about half of the kids aren't even vaccinated. Most of them are black, apparently. And so now they have a situation of like, uh, well, we kind of thought everybody would understand we were trying to force them to do this. And so we didn't come up with a backup plan for how the other kids would get educated. And so the press is literally asking the mayor, like, do you not have a plan for how to educate the kids that didn't get vaccinated? Were you really thinking they would all do it? And the mayor was like, uh, yeah, we have no plan on how to educate them. So then what all of these minority children, that's what they deserve to be used as political pawns and to not get educated in their most important developmental years of their life. The politicians that want to politicize something that I, I, the last thing I checked, the vaccines have like a a 60% efficiency rate at this point. And we're now telling children, oh, you cannot come to school unless you get vaccinated. And we literally came up with no other option for you. Not even online learning is going to be available for these kids. So what do you know? That didn't really work out. You can't tell half the population of children in your community if you're supposed to be a leading politician that you're not going to educate them because that's one of the main purposes, right? It was sickening to see this. So what do you know? The next day, Mayor, Mayor I think her, Muriel Bowser is her name. She had to show up her face in front of the press and they asked her about it, and she said, yeah, we're going we're gonna to push the required deadline to get vaccinated for children. That's going to be pushed back to 2023, January. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, they really do think they're going to be able to pull this kind of stuff off if they just make it not a choice, but, but they use force. And then look, look what happens when the number game doesn't work out for them. You guys, that's how simple it is. These children and their families made such a good example for all of us to show us like, oh, yeah, 
Things literally shut down if you just don't comply and you do it with a massive amount of supporters. And I'm not saying the kids all rallied together to not get vaccinated. There was other circumstances for why they didn't get vaccinated. But if you then put that in a situation of like adults in the military or the police force or a lot of these, the sheriff's departments, you saw that where enough people said, you know what, we're not going to do this. And the requirement was removed. So getting back to New York State in that discussion, you see this in California, too. But the politicians in these states are not just fringe, and it's not like they don't have the numbers. They have the kind of numbers to pull this crap off of requiring vaccinations for an experimental thing like the COVID-19 vaccine into children if you want to go to school and get educated. Then these sickos make it as hard as possible to get your kid out of public school and send them to anything but public school. They don't want your kid to be able to go to a charter school or private school or or homeschool pod or homeschool network. Oh, God forbid, right? God forbid there's educational freedom for the children in your state. They push things down like Common Core that just test our kids and don't actually evaluate the amount of learning they've done, but instead just see how good they are at memorizing, how far they've improved in one year after learning something. Well, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> when I was in high school, In New York State public schools, they literally would give us a test and then this would be in the beginning of the year. So like imagine you're taking calculus. I kid you not. Imagine you're taking calculus and you've never taken calculus before. (laughs) And New York State, the politicians and the people in the government bureaucracy, they say, you know what we should do to test if they learned calculus? Test them in the beginning of the year and then test them at the end of the year with the same test. And then if their scores improve, then they learned calculus. (laughs) It's like, you guys. So yes, for every class, and I kid you not, not just calculus, but history. Imagine not learning about an entire handful of decades of human history, and then you're asked to write essays on an event that happened in those decades, (laughs) because that's what New York State public schools put us through in terms of this stupid standardized testing. In the beginning of the year, it was I, it was something crazy of like, please write an essay on this blah, blah, blah revolution. Thank you. And our teacher had to hand it to us and say, I know this is very dumb, but we are required to give this to you. What kind of message does that send to the students? Because your students, and this is some of your first interactions with authority, right? With school, with government, with people, people higher than you. And you're being told that the politicians of your state, when you're just like 17, 18 are so dumb that they really do make you sit for an entire classroom hour and do this test. Addition to this, you guys, it wasn't just math. It wasn't just social studies. It wasn't just English. They made us test our skills in gym, gym. So we had to stand on a line and throw a ball at a taped square on the wall a fleece ball (laughs) and the gym teacher had to guess like they had to like evaluate our throwing posture and how accurate our ball hit the square taped to the wall and they would make us do it in the beginning of the year and the end of the year and it was just the funniest thing but I still remember that and maybe that's why I'm a conservative today because it was such a good example of how inefficient government is and how they're like yep you know what We did a good job teaching those kids that year. Look how well they did on their tests after learning one year of calculus. (laughs) Their test scores improved. So back to the point. That's how the public school system operates here in New York State. And they want to make it so that you can't get your kids a better experience than that. All right. So that's just another example. When they shut down businesses, though, 
and they infringed on our livelihoods. They did it in a way where it just crossed a line to me and it crossed a line with a lot of people. And the way they're so smug about it still, the way they still talk about it as if they're so righteous, it's very, very concerning to me. And so I don't think that this is a, oh, we got to win the state back. You got to stay and you got to fight and we're going to be able to turn New York red. To me, as somebody who is young, I'm in my mid-20s, I want to have babies soon. I want to be putting an environment out there for my children, creating an environment that they're going to be safe and secure in. I know the world's dangerous, right? But I'm going to do everything I can to prevent my children from growing up in a very dangerous and concerning environment in an era where politics is getting more and more hostile and as blue politicians are becoming more and more dictatorial and tyrannical with their view of what their role is in my life, in my family's life, in my business, and in my my children's life as well. Okay, that crossed a line for me, and I will only plant my roots for my family in a state where I know we will be protected by the federal government and where I know that my sheriff of the county, my local government, if one freaking exists, and my state government will protect us at all levels and truly understand their role in the keeping of the republic. I refuse to do otherwise. Now, speaking of New York, you got to love it. Here's another video. It's going viral. Like I was saying, these aren't just a few fringe people. You're seeing the rise of radicalism in these blue states and, you know, in purple states as well. But there's a group called Justice Democrats that I've talked to you guys about before. I am not sure of the connections between this group and this woman here, but Justice Democrats, just to give you guys a, a little background, is one of the arms of the socialist, radical leftist movement in America. And there's a bunch of different groups. Like I've talked about the Democratic Socialists of America. I've talked about the Sunrise Movement, which is more of the lobbying arm. The Sunrise Movement is trying to lobby to get the Green New Deal passed, whether that's at the federal level, state levels. There's like state versions of this bill from AOC. There's local level and some cities have passed it like San Francisco, I believe. But Sunrise Movement is that lobbying arm. Now, the campaign arm of the radical left is a group called Justice Democrats, and they are trying to replace Nancy Pelosi establishment Dems, so Nancy Pelosi types, with AOC types. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Let's look back at AOC's race. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez ran for Congress in a very deep blue district in New York City that was already being represented by an establishment Dem who was very tied at the hip to Nancy Pelosi. He was one of the leading Democratic politicians in America. When that happened, he dismissed AOC as some, you know, little young kid who was running against him. Wouldn't be much. But AOC had been picked by the Justice Democrats to specifically run in this district against Joe Crowley. The Justice Democrats coordinated for AOC everything she would need to run a successful primary race against this Nancy Pelosi type, a.k.a. Joe Crowley, and actually win and replace him in Congress. When that happens, the number of people in the Progressive Caucus, which is the Socialist Caucus in Congress, they call themselves the Progressive Caucus, LOL, it increases the number of the Progressive Caucus. In, it increases the number of votes that are going to lean further to the left and it takes away power from the Nancy Pelosi types 
and ensures that people like AOC have more voting power and more decision-making power over time. So what they're trying to do is, over time, replace the Nancy Pelosi types with the AOC types. Justice Democrats coordinated all this cool stuff. So funding, graphic design, video editing, canvassing, everything you could need for a really successful campaign. And it was, I mean, just, they hit it out of the park with AOC. So another socialist just won a primary race in New York City, and I want you to hear what she said. I know we're saving the speeches for a little later, but today we really proved that socialism wins. Anywhere, we are not going anywhere, and we will not stop until we see a socialist slate across this city. Uh, so apparently her name is Kristen Gonzalez. I've just got to say, so she just won a primary for New York State Senate. So she's going to be a state-level senator if she wins, which she probably will because it's a very deep blue district. But if you heard her, she said, socialism wins. And it actually, you know, some people looked at it and they said, this idiot, you know, socialism sucks. It's never going to work. It's It loses every time. But that's that's kind of the point is that when you actually apply socialist economic policies, because socialism is the economic arm of the rise of radical leftists, it's the socialist step to communism. As many of the communist dictators have said before, including Lenin, socialism is the required step to get to communism. And that's because when you have the economic and financial control of the people, and that's what socialism is, you're having the government seize the means of production of the industries in that nation, you're having the government take over the economy instead of keeping it in, under control of by private business uh, via the people. The people really have power under capitalism, but socialism takes the power from the people and puts it in the hands of the government, and then the government has all economic and financial control uh, of the people. And when they can control how you get basic things that you use to feed yourself every day, feed your family, take care of yourself, put a roof over your head, provide for yourself, well... Guess what, you guys? They can then threaten to take those things away, your ability to eat, your ability to provide for yourself, the ability for you to get health care, the ability for you to have a job, to get a pension, all those things. Those are then held over your head if you do not comply with their new demands. And that's how you move quickly from being something like Venezuela, where they democratically elected a socialist candidate and you know democratically elected him to president. His name was Hugo Chavez. That quickly turned to a socialist dictatorship in a very small amount of time, just a couple of decades. We saw the decline of that entire nation because they implemented economic socialist policies. They seized the means of production of their major parts of their economy, gave government control of them. And then once the government had economic and financial control of the population, things got forceful very quick. So. The thing is, is like, yeah, that fails. So she sounds dumb, this this. Kristen woman who's now going to be a state senator in New York and is cheering that she wants to see socialism across the slate in New York City. Yeah, I mean, it fails, but it actually wins. Socialism wins when you are talking to people who have no idea what you're actually saying. They have no understanding of history. They have no understanding of economics. And that is why socialism wins when you're messaging it socialism wins when you're at the on the campaign stump when you're speaking to a crowd and you're cheering and promising all this great stuff 
it really wins a lot of people over. And that's the dangerous part is it it is going to continue to win people over until we change the general awareness of our population to these issues. Unless we properly educate people on these very important topics, it's going to to continue to win across New York City, across New York State, across this nation. We see it especially on the coast. So it's really, really interesting. And it's also just, to be honest, disheartening. I mean, my nonprofit, we put on the, the Freedom Records where we interview the survivors from communist countries. And it's just so disheartening because her speech sounds just like all of the footage that we've looked at throughout history. Like the girls and I put a lot of money into buying footage of historic moments that a lot of people haven't seen. And so we try and incorporate it into the interviews specifically tailored to each country that we try and interview someone from. But we're trying to make more social clips of it to compare the speeches between the historic dictators of the past when they were just kind of winning people over, when they were promising stuff before they really got power, and then also comparing that and doing like a side-by-side that versus what we hear today where it's like this state senator, soon-to-be state senator, saying socialism will win. Socialism will win. We'll sweep the city one day. Blah, 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 blah. So I find it fascinating. It's a tale as old as time. People say, oh, but it never works. Why do we keep doing this? Well, it's because we aren't taught this in the school system. But that's a topic for another day. Now, if that didn't freak you out to hear socialists say, we're just going to keep winning. We're going to sweep New York City. We're going to sweep all of the state. I want to end you guys with a lovely video from our president, our commander in chief, the man who is just responsible for so much success that we're dealing with today. Thank the Lord above for him. Joe Biden. He is also out stumping, doing some campaign speeches. Like I said, you guys, we've now left the primary season and we're moving into the general election season of 2022 midterms. Here's Joe Biden saying, (laughs) my heart sank when I heard this, you guys. Here's Joe Biden saying that, oh my gosh, there's a lot of unfinished work to be done. And if they just win the midterms in 2022, they will finish this unfinished work. That's within our hands if we just vote. If we elect two more senators, we keep the House and Democrats, we're going to get a lot of unfinished business. We're going to get done, folks. Oh, my gosh. Do you guys remember? I remember like last year or so when I was really just getting started and doing more of this podcasting stuff. (laughs) I was like, every time Joe Biden says that they're going to solve something, I cringe on the inside and I get nervous because like they just cause absolute chaos for whatever issue they start handling. And I'm like, please, please just literally sit in a room, close the door and let's just sit out the rest of the the rest of the term. Okay, please stop trying to fix things cuz you just make things worse and it makes me nervous every time they move to a new topic. But that's what we're dealing with now. Apparently there's unfinished business. Look, we'll codify Roe v. Wade. Okay, so when he says we'll codify Roe v. Wade, they're very frustrated the Democrats that The Supreme Court said abortion is not a federal issue. It is a state issue because it's not talked about in the Constitution. According to the 10th Amendment in our Bill of Rights, you guys, anything not listed in the Constitution is officially a state right. It's something that's handled by the states. It's under state jurisdiction. Only the things specifically listed out in the Constitution are things that the federal government can handle. So 
The Supreme Court said, listen, abortion is not listed in this. Because of that, though, that's why the left is now wanting to codify Roe v. Wade. They want to either pass like federal legislation about it or they want to do something of like declaring a literal right to abortion. So let's see. That's one of the things that they would do if they got more power. We'll ban, we'll ban assault weapons. We'll pre- what is an assault weapon? Protect Social Security Medicare. We'll pass universal pre-K. We'll restore the child care tax credit. Okay, sorry, conservative woman rant here. I find it so interesting because we're really losing this debate now. And, and I people think that I sound like a psycho when I talk about this stuff. It's crazy how f- far the Overton window has shifted on this. But when we talk about, oh, we have to be pro-family, we have to be pro-family, we have to be pro-family as conservatives, I think it is very serious of a discussion that's needed to be had of what is pro-family universal daycare for women to be able to go to the workplace and be empowered by serving a corporate boss instead of staying home with their children because we push this demand in society that we must live in this successful two-income household. The left tells us, they tell women that want to stay home with their children that they're leeches on their husband, that they are they lack ambition, that Women are no different than men, and we want the same things as men to strive for material success and business success. I think one of the most empowering things about capitalism and economic independence is the fact that this modern economy is so flexible for women. We don't have to go and work at this structured nine-to-five job the way for decades they've been telling us, that we have to leave our children in the care of another that we have to leave our family home, that we have to neglect, not only neglect, reject our basic feminine roles, our primal roles, our familial roles, our societal roles, all of those things. They've removed those things from women. And the left pushes continually, in my eyes, anti-science takes, whether it's pro-abortion, pro-hookup culture, pro-promiscuity, pro-government well, provided daycare so that we can empower women to go spend their days at work away from their children. All of this stuff is kind of sad. And if you think about it, a lot of the behaviors that the culture of the left push, like embracing hookup culture and all this, they, rejecting family, rejecting children, rejecting marriage, all the things, all of these cultural things they push on us create the problems that they then freak out about when it comes to politics. And so maybe we wouldn't need to worry about unwanted children if people didn't have sex with someone they didn't want to make the father or mother of their child. Maybe if they didn't want to have children, instead of saying, you know what, I just want the right to kill the child if I don't want it, maybe they should say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't participate in the baby-making process because no birth control is 100% effective. But what do you know? Is that too radical for me to say? I don't know. But either way, it just always sets me off when I hear them talking about how they want to empower women by giving women the empowerment of government-provided daycare for their young babies. Like, really? Really? And pre-K. Really? We'll protect voting rights. We'll pass election reform and make no, make sure no one No one ever has the opportunity to steal an election again. 
So, you guys, I, I think to close this out, we're getting into campaign season, okay? We're going to have to monitor some things. We'll do a little election monitoring, campaign monitoring, and we'll watch the numbers. My ask for you is that you look at this from a bigger picture. Yes, the Republicans are super annoying. They are very corrupt, and I think we need to replace a lot of the people in that the establishment groups with good, strong, moral conservatives. That's definitely something we got to work on. That's an internal issue. But when it comes to elections, please, for the love of the Lord above, do not be somebody that's like, well, I just like to go to the the voting booth and vote for someone's personality. Like, if I like them, I like them. If they're nice, I vote for them. I don't look at the party number. I'm not like that. I'm in the middle. So I pick based on who's nice. It's like, you guys, we got to get out of that phase because this is all a numbers game. When we have the numbers that are needed in the Senate, we now, we then can have the Senate majority leader. We can have the leadership positions in the Senate. We control the Senate. If we get the proper numbers in the House, the Speaker of the House becomes Republican. Nancy Pelosi gets fired from her job, demoted to mere minority leader. If we get the numbers that are needed, we can pass legislation and we can end legislation that's been horrible. We can end the things that Joe Biden has been putting onto us. This is a numbers game, people. A numbers game. Do not be a weak person that thinks politics is like a, oh, well, I just like to pick whoever's super nice. No, 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 no. You're showing up, whether it's local, state, and federal, all of them, and you're playing a numbers game. Who do you want to have the numbers on their side? Okay? That's how voting works, or it should. I don't know why people don't know this yet. Okay, we're trying to win back the leadership and then we can work on our internal problems. Okay, that's something we also have to work on. But don't play coy here. Okay, thank you for listening. Let's make sure that the radical left does not succeed. This is a generational issue that will take decades of fixing. And that, first of all, starts with election after election, making sure we're running the right people. We're helping them out of the primaries, but we're out of the primary season. So now we got to help whoever won. We've got to fix the internal problems that we have. We have to raise our kids to understand that they have a very important role in saving this republic. It's generational, okay? But elections are still important, and we will push really hard for the rest of the 2022 election season to make sure these people have no success. All right? I will talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a great start to the week. Woo! General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.